Oh man, I'm gonna keep bumping my drink on this thing, aren't I? You're gonna hear this all night, like in the Claridge Hotel. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna say. But it actually wasn't that that we heard, just incredibly loud moaning. Howdy, it's Tuesday, May 19th, 2020, and this is episode 126 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Happy to finally be answering some of these listener questions that have been burning a hole in my inbox for a month now. So many listener questions. We actually did get a good amount. It was, and and I think we're only going to answer half, but we'll get there when we get there. We don't want to jump ahead. So what happened in 1926, Greg? The President Hotel opened at Albany Avenue and the boardwalk. President Hotel sounds so nice, right? Well, the idea was that they were going to make a hotel that would be like the summer White House, and they would invite presidents to use the top floor, which was entirely a presidential suite. They finished it, cost $5 million to build the thing, which, you know, in 1926 was a lot of money. And... They invited Calvin Coolidge, and he said, thanks, but no thanks. And so no president ever actually stayed there. So big ideas, not big on execution, which I feel like maybe there are certain properties in Atlantic City today who that's relevant, still relevant for. Instead, we, as we all know, the Summer White House is in beautiful Bedminster, New Jersey. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that where the uh, the golf club is? The oh, I have no idea. I thought you were going to say Mar-a-Lago. Trump owns and spends all his time in in the summer. No, there's the one in New Jersey that I drive right by every time I go to Atlantic City. Really? I didn't know Come that. on, man. Oh, I mean, he's terrible. got a bunch of golf courses. Terrible. Friend of the podcast, Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in the next the next episode. <laughs> next, next episode. I don't think we're going to get to that one this one. <laughs> so the Pre- President Hotel lasted until the late 70s, which is crazy. A lot of these hotels did not make it nearly that far. Uh, so right up until legalized gambling came into Atlantic City, which led to a mad dash to grab up older buildings and tear them down for glitzy casino palaces. That's a quote from AtlanticCityExperience.org, my favorite website for this stuff. The president came down in a series of three implosions on August 24th, 28th, and 30th. I felt it was really important to give you the exact date. Yes. In 1979, to make way for the planned Sahara Casino, which we know never happened. My favorite casino in Las Vegas. Coming back. It's back now. It is yeah. called the Sahara again. <laughs> It is back, but it's not the same. They no. tore it down and rebuilt it, unfortunately, right? Uh, I think they gutted it, and mm. it's, so it didn't actually get When they made it the SLS or whatever it was before. Yeah, so it is still to this day a vacant – well, it's a parking lot. It's like a surface parking lot. Google Maps says it's surface parking for Stockton College. So it's right next to the new Stockton Residence Hall. I think the Stockton Residence Hall is where the Motor Lodge portion of the President Hotel used the, to be. The motel, yes. Not the actual hotel itself. That is what mm-hmm. I could gather from some research. But that's that. Any thoughts yep. on the President Hotel? It's also very cube-like. So if, yeah. if you really were aroused by last week's picture of a cube hotel, you're in luck for this week. Click on the link that we put in the uh, in the podcast notes. Was last week a cube? Last week, I think last episode was Doris Dorfinger. Uh, okay, maybe it was two two weeks ago. Yeah, how can I forget Doris? Uh, so one thing, it's interesting... What a nice lady she was. Yeah, that this was demolished in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Stayed empty the entire time. And I that happened a lot, right? Like, there's a lot of, of stuff that was, was demolished. 
That's so weird given how like booming the economy was in the 80s and 90s too, right? So one thing that I thought was a really interesting project for someone else, not us, to do would be to map all of the abandoned casino projects in Atlantic City, whether they were in, you know, 1979 Mm. at the start of the boom or in 2008, you know, which was when the most recent sort of run of these abandoned projects happened, and just see sort of what was there before that got demolished to make way for these casinos and what is there now, which I think is mostly just empty nothingness. Yes, yes, that is certainly true. It would be pretty depressing. Rest in peace, Sands Casino. Yeah, like things like this that are just empty lots and have been for, you know, even Sands now has been well over 10 years. And, you know, this is, we're talking 30 years, 40 years, 41 years. (laughs) Luckily, (laughs) the the entrance to the people mover of the Sands will forever be on the boardwalk. Yes, thankfully. Forever have a sign outside saying that it has space available to rent, even though it just is like... Uh, half circle that looks like it's 20 square feet yeah i know i think at one point i can't remember if it was don guardian the former mayor who it was saying that they should do like weddings there or something which <laughs> i don't i don't know man there's no space there i feel like it, if it was spruced up a little it would look very cute but like that's not where i need to do my wedding ceremony we should do all of our live podcasts on the uh plot for the mgm Atlantic City, just halfway between Borgata and, uh, or Win Atlantic City, right? Oh, yeah. But, Le, Le Jardin. <laughs> yeah, Le Jardin. Halfway between Harrah's and Borgata. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. I know. So, should we do news first or mailbag questions first? Uh, let's do news first, you know. We oh, have no to fun. Okay. <laughs> keep our, our listener numbers up, you know, keep the sponsors happy. I think the, the news is pretty quick. Let me scroll all the way down in the agenda because it's so oh, no. far down. It's all no. the way at the end. Oh, goodness. April data. So I don't think it'll be that much to talk about because believe it or not, there were zero dollars made in the casinos. Zero dollars. Down from 207 million in April of 2019. I haven't exactly done the math, but I believe that is a near 100% decline. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds right to me. Um, I guess the big news is that it more than doubled uh, online gaming in April, which is Somewhat surprising given the conversation we just had about March where it was pretty flat. It's it sounded like compared to compared to January and February's increase, not flat overall. Yeah, right. So so the April online revenue was eighty million dollars up from thirty six point six million in April of two thousand nineteen. So that's a hundred and eighteen, hundred and nineteen percent increase. So like you said, more than double. What we talked about, it's been in the 60s, like the year-over-year increase. So mm-hmm. March was about 63% over March of 2019. But this is like double that. Yeah. So so this, so this we had sort of talked two weeks ago about, well, it doesn't seem like there's this big rush of demand with the casinos closed for half the month. And now we do see that there has been so, sort of a rush of demand to online. So interesting to see that. Um, I was I was a little bit worried that if there was if it was another 60% increase or less where it was sort of just kind of chugging along as though online and brick and mortar were these very separate things and demand for the two things seemed to be very separate that it might almost indicate that people were saying well here's an easy thing to cut out of my life this gambling <laughs> and and might not bode well for the reopenings of the casino but i think there're probably a lot of other things that don't bode well for the reopenings of the casinos right like the virus you yeah. mean <laughs> specifically any other thoughts about this uh online revenue 
Not really. I mean, it's nice to see online doing well. I mean, I think in some sense, and I think we have questions about it, maybe either this week or next week, that online is going to be a real big story as to the continued success and, and the continued openness of the brick and mortar properties, given that online is tied to owning a brick and mortar property in New Jersey. So yeah. it's good to see in some sense. Like I said, it'll be good for the brick and mortar properties that, that this is happening once they reopen. And that's not to say that this is like making up the difference because they did no, like no, no, $207 million yeah. in April of 2019. And so to only make 80 on, <laughs> on online and the difference is what 44 or something million dollars difference. Like that's what they picked up that they, that they weren't getting last year. Uh, so it's, it's still a hundred and sixty something million dollar shortfall for them. So it's, it's bad, but I mean, the casinos are closed. So obviously it was going to be bad. I don't think I'm yeah. seeing anything groundbreaking. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Bart Blatstein, friend of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Everybody's a friend of the podcast. Yes. He has officially bought every parcel of land, both in the block of the showboat and the two blocks behind the showboat moving away from the ocean. And for reasons I don't fully understand, that seemed to lead to some speculation by people that he's getting ready to do something big, though given that it's Bart Blatstein, that's not my take on it, really. What is your take? That he thinks that it's more valuable to sell these parcels at some point yeah. when they're all together to someone else who was going to do something big. I mean, that's certainly the Occam's Razor, right? Of <laughs> <laughs> the most simple explanation. But I, I did catch myself like, oh man, he's just finally put the last piece of the puzzle. Let me go back and look at Bart's other pro projects and see all the amazing stuff he did and get excited. And then I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We've seen what he's done in Atlantic City. He has shown us who he is. Don't get excited. No. And, until something is right under construction with grand plans, and maybe even not until it opens T Street. Uh, <laughs> I would say don't get excited. I was very excited for T Street. You were the most excited. I look back with so much shame at how excited I was for T Street. Yes. If you listen to us like circa episode three, there was a lot of T Street excitement, I think. Yes, a lot. Anything else about Bart? Uh, I don't think there's much to say, but the, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to treat this as anything to celebrate quite yet. Do so. you think he ever even so much as comes out with some development plan or is it sold before it even gets to that point? I, it seems to me like he loves nothing more than coming out with plans he never plans on enacting. So possibly. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. We'll see when they break ground. There was a lot of, a lot of talk about the casino tower he's going to build adjacent to the showboat. Yes, indeed. Bart's box of slots. So what I don't understand about that, right, is that the casino tower, the reason that he needs to build a casino tower is because there's a deed restriction. Mm -hmm. Is it really cheaper to build the casino tower than to just pay, pay Caesars. Caesars to take yeah. away the deed restriction? And if he shows that he's really serious about building the casino tower, doesn't that reduce the value to Caesars of the deed restriction to the point that they're like, well, we might as well get some money out of this. Hey, Bart, just give us some money and, we'll, and you can just use your current property. <laughs> Who knows? Casinos are weird. That's why there's a podcast. Bart Blatstein is weird. Everything is weird. That's 2020 in a nutshell. <laughs> also weird. The attempt to change the form of government. One of your finer segues. I thought so. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, they, they attempted to change the form of government. We talked about that. The union was really, the casino workers union was really behind yes. this movement to change the form of government, reduce the number of city council members. The mayor would be some appointee and it would really be a city manager who is appointed and, and makes most of the decisions, right? So far of the ballots that have been in and counted, it's a three to one ratio against. So we don't have it official yet, but, uh, I'll link to a Wayne Perry. Hmm. AP article that makes it pretty clear that this thing's doomed to fail. Maybe similar, as you said earlier, to the level that the North Jersey casinos failed. Yeah. Yep. So unfortunate, of course, for a friend of the podcast, Bob McDevitt, but good for a friend of the podcast, Marty Small. <laughs> the best part is that this joke is now going to have to wait two weeks to like culminate. But anyways, <laughs> the best part about this to me is that we never have to talk about it again. Uh, until someone brings it up again. At some point, but oh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully. the next the next mayoral election is going to yes. be just all about that, right? I just like us against them. It's just like so frustrating because no matter what the government is of Atlantic City, they can do nothing. So, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it, it's it was like the weird... stupidest argument in the history of the world. It was, yeah, it's a weird proposal to begin with because the state runs everything anyway. Amazing. So. The National Sports Collectors Convention was postponed from July 29th to August 2nd to December 12th to 16th. Any thoughts? I mean, I know that you need time to plan this out, and we're in May, so we're two months away. But July 29th to August 2nd seems like maybe it's more likely to be a feasible time to be in Atlantic City than December 12th to 16th, (laughs) in my mind, but I don't know. Surely... Operation Warp Speed will have succeeded by then, and we will all be fine. I, I think December twelfth to sixteenth is a is not going to happen. That's no, my I, hot take. absolutely not. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think that if you wanted to have it in some capacity, the July date was probably a better date than the December date. But uh, I think twenty twenty is going to be a challenging year to do this at all. So I don't necessarily expect it to happen either way. I know, like, what I really want to be doing is thumbing through a bunch of boxes of old tops commons that have been in some smoker's basement for forever and he's probably you know had in his trunk or something and been coughing on for three days but i mean you say that as a joke but that actually sounds pretty good to me i've done it so i can't say that i don't want to do it but i mean in terms of like during coronavirus it seems like a bad idea mm. But just no, I really do want to do it. Cracking open a long box and just kind of thumbing through like the quarter long box. And you're like, maybe there's something good in here. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's a gem. Pay a quarter for it. It's going to be nice. Yeah, man. I grew up thinking it would be so amazing to have the like tops Cal Ripken rookie. And it was selling for like 80 bucks when I was, I don't know, 12 or something. Mm-hmm. And then I randomly went to a card show in like Westchester as a 20 something year old. And it was like $8. Somebody just yeah. had a stack of them. And I was like, yes, holy grail, 8 bucks. It was great. That's what card shows are all about. It is certainly a fact that, you know, late 80s or early 90s, all these, you know, mid to early 80s baseball cards were quite expensive compared to where they are now. Any card made between like 1978 and 2005 is like worth nothing. Yes. That's the sports card chat. Excuse, That'll be- excuse me. I am... Oh. You know, quite the collector of I have several complete sets of tops in like the late 80s, which is like perhaps the worst time to have complete sets of any <laughs> baseball cards because that's like peak baseball card. Yeah, they were also ugliest in those. Oh, sets. just just the ugliest. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Hard Rock. I have no segue for this either. 
So Hard Rock has bought the intellectual property rights, right? Is that the, is mm-hmm. that? Yeah, that sounds good. For, for the Las Vegas market. So we talked about when Hard Rock moved into Atlantic City, that it was a different Hard Rock entity than Hard Rock Las Vegas. That's right. You and I very fond of the Hard Rock Las Vegas property that is no more and is going to be mm-hmm. a virgin casino. Uh-huh. Hard Rock International, who owns the Hard Rock in Atlantic City, has basically bought the rights to have a Hard Rock at some point in the future in Vegas somewhere. So the reason that's relevant to Atlantic City is if you're playing at Hard Rock Atlantic City, presumably in the future, when this Hard Rock opens, you will be able to take those points and use them or get offers in Vegas, which of course is what everybody wants, right? That's why everybody's in total rewards. They want those Vegas offers. Yes, but first they actually need a casino in Vegas. Yes. So what do you think about this? There were a lot of rumors. Yeah, I heard what was uh, Planet Hollywood was a rumor I think I heard. It's going to be good, I think, for everyone if they do manage to get a casino somewhere adjacent to the Strip or on the Strip. But until that happens, I don't think it's a whole lot of anything. Yeah, so there were rumors about, you know, the Palms, which to me makes no sense because it's right next to the old location of the Hard Rock. Palms has vehemently denied that they're selling, I think, as of today. It's not next to the old location of the Hard Rock. It's next to, it's near Rio. Nah. It's across the street from Rio. I've no because I've stayed at Rio to go to an MMA fight at the Palms, at the Pearl at the Palms. Everything off strip is next to each other. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> There's talk about Planet Hollywood, I think just because Planet Hollywood and Hard Rock are similar in their yes. theming. But otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a whole lot to say quite yet. I think uh, if if they do open a property, it'll be reasonably big news, at least for for you and me, though I would like to get back to the Virgin Casino, I guess now. Just uh, This is a casino with a lot of good memories for me. I don't know if they still have the Pink Taco. I think it's an incredible Mexican place. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. And also, the name, I guess, is funny if you're 12 or me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if it's still there or not, but it was very good. There used to be one in Scottsdale, but then it closed. And that was sad. Yeah. When I lived out in that part. I, I remember at your bachelor party, I went to the Pink Taco Indeed. Because you had highly recommended it, and we ended up staying at the Hard Rock for the last night of our trip, but you were way too hungover to go. I was way too hungover to do anything. So it was just like me and your friends that I didn't know at all at the Pink Taco. Yes. But it was good food, so it was fine. You were staying with my one friend who then had to get another room because he found a hookup partner and was yeah. like, I gotta go. <laughs> so you stayed by yourself, which is good, I guess. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Anyway. Question time. Yeah, let's get through some coronavirus-related questions. So we have decided, I think, to split this into over two separate episodes because news is pretty light, and we actually have quite a few emails. So if you have coronavirus questions and you did not send them in yet, too bad. But if you have non-coronavirus-related questions, we're going to talk about all those next week. So for the likes of Megan K., Tom L., Phil J., and Justin W., uh, you won't hear your question tonight. But you'll hear it on the next episode. And for the rest of you, if you have questions, send them in. First of all, Megan Kay, I think, submitted her question within like minutes of me posting about this being a mailbag episode. And that was supposed uh-huh. to be last episode. So my favorite thing about this is this that is she me. submitted a non-coronavirus question specifically for the bonus points that we mentioned about uh-huh. having a non-coronavirus question. And we're making her wait six weeks to collect those valuable bonus points. So my question, though, if she wants all these bonus points, did she submit it to you in some sanctioned way or did she just post it in the Everything AC Casinos Facebook group? <laughs> Good question. Good point. Only that. 
Touche. Anyways, questions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the first question, Jim H. sends in via email. Uh, how about a contest to predict the opening day for the casinos? And then he, he makes a guess, but I don't want to give it away in case we actually do a contest. So what do you think, Craig? I think we should put it in the just put it in the Facebook group. We could send somebody a T-shirt if they win. That's I think that is the perfect prize. Or or if you were feeling really, you know, you didn't want to give away too much information, we could make it a Google Forms, set a cutoff date. That sounds like a lot of work. You've done it before. That's true. Yeah, I could have everybody submit. Else, you know, you're disadvantaged if you are the first person to submit a date. You know, because yeah, people are going to use that information against you. So I have to ask, are you still dead set on whatever it is, May 25th? Oh, surely. <laughs> it's definitely going to open by then. So so the real question is, if we do this, we need, what is the cutoff date for guesses going to be? Uh, yeah, I think it's got to be pretty early, right? Like It's got to be like Saturday or something, I yeah. think. You certainly have to have your guesses in by Memorial Day weekend. By Memorial Day. Is... Memorial Day is actually the cutoff. Yeah, so that gives people, you know, five days or something. But guess what? You all are going to lose and I'm going to win because the casinos will surely open in the next six days. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, too. All right. So, yeah, we'll do it. Winner gets a uh, T-shirt. And if two people win, then no one gets anything, I guess, because, you know, we're not made of money. And we are out of some sizes also, so you may not get a size that you want. Look, you... <laughs> You'll get a t-shirt of Do For Wins choosing. Yeah. It might not even be a Do For Win t-shirt. It just be, might be one of my old t-shirts that I don't want anymore. You're going to send that uh, reversible satin jacket that I... Oh, oh man. Yeah, maybe. That's a valuable piece of casino If anyone wants a, a mirage on one side and is a Treasure Island or treasure the other Island, yeah. j- jacket, let me know. You might be in luck. Because I was very kindly given it as a present for my first child being born by my <laughs> wonderful friends. You didn't use it to swaddle your child? <laughs> uh, oh, so Paul sent me a big box. My brother sent me a big box of clothes that his daughter grew out of. And included was a Borgata t-shirt. And my, uh, daughter, my daughter wore it today. And I was like, yeah, Borgata. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I felt like such a winner. Anyways. Yes. Moving on. More questions. So Tom L. sends in via email, what is one thing that's going to change due to the pandemic that will make AC better? What is one thing that will change that will make AC worse? This is a tough one. Like what? It's hard to see positives out of this, right? Like the worst thing seems pretty easy. So do you have anything in your mind as to how this could improve Atlantic City? I mean, you say that like you imagine that I've thought about these questions before right now and you want to jump to me, but that's fine. We can, we can come up with something on the fly. I mean, the only thing that I could think of was that hopefully people will be more conscious about, you know, not being all gross before they use the machines uh, and stuff. I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you believe that to be the case. <laughs> I mean, that was the most shocking thing about being there on like March 13th or whatever is, you know, we were starting to really get a sense of how serious this thing was. And then I was still seeing people like barely wave their hands under the water as they left the toilets. So if that's your attitude going in, I, I don't see that your attitude coming out is going to be like, oh, let me make sure I count to 20 while I'm really getting in between those fingers and stuff. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I, I'm not really sure what what to expect from Atlantic City when it opens. I mean, I can say, like, obviously, they're going to have to go away from the strategy of just trying to cram as many people into, like, however mm. small of a space as possible. And, and for me, that'll make it a bit more pleasant, probably. Yeah, there's going to be some creative thinking. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing, even if... It's sort of born out of bad things in general. I mean, we've seen in Vegas, several casinos have said they're not going to charge parking when they reopen. So I don't know. I mean, that's sort of, that's obviously a short term measure, mm-hmm. I think, if that 
does happen. What about things that will change that will make Atlantic City worse? I mean, just right off the bat, I'm sure a lot of the small businesses are going to close and, and never reopen, probably including some that we really like. I mean, I think you can say that about any community, though, frankly. And I think some games are going to be, you know, communal games like craps. Like if you're focused on the gambling stuff, like you're not going to have as many people at a table, which is obviously great for you. But that's actually (laughs) that is not a con. But go ahead. But I've seen a lot of people in the Facebook group say like, oh, you know, if you can only have whatever, you know, four people at a table or whatever it is, like that's just not the same. It's going to be six, I think. I think it's going to be three on each side is is the plan. Yeah. So or if you have these big sneeze guards in the way, like that's going to really diminish the experience and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think you're right. Like the biggest downer is going to be how hard hit some of this stuff, you know, especially in Atlantic City, where we were only just starting to see in the last couple of years, some really grassroots development in, in terms of restaurants and stuff outside of the casinos. And like those things have all, I'm sure, been hit extremely hard. And, and you just hope that they can pull through this. And, and maybe the one saving grace is that rent in Atlantic City is probably pretty cheap. <laughs> Atlantic City always has the problem, though, yeah, and we talked about this, you know, probably more 100 episodes ago than we do now, but of a place that, you know, I've at least, like, mulled the idea of, like, maybe buying some property there or something, but, you know, the costs are always nothing, basically, but the taxes are just, like, completely obscene to a level such that, like, even if property was given away, it's almost, like, could never be worth it to own it, and... I don't know what the retail situation is there, but I don't see that changing, to be frank, and, you know, kind of is what it is. So, Tom's second question. I assume that you saw that Governor Murphy added another 30 days to June 6th, meaning in terms of the uh, stay-at-home orders and that kind of stuff. Any thoughts on that and the impact on AC casinos for the summer? I mean, I think that kind of goes hand-in-hand with uh, our guessing game here of the date, but I don't, I mean, we talked about June 6th a little bit, and I don't think it means a whole lot i I agree i mean it's just that's just sort of extending their ability to have these measures in place and i don't think what actually happens is dictated that much by just the state of emergency through whatever date but i mean i think it's become clear at this point which is i think to the benefit of new jersey that it seems like vegas has a much higher appetite for trying to open as soon as possible than new jersey does which like i said that's a good thing if that actually ends up being the case probably for Atlantic City. But uh, it's tough to be able to make any case that seems like it could hold up at all to like why the casinos need to be opened back up again. Even as like right now we're starting to begin to get back into sports a little bit in some parts of the world, like, you know, like when are spectators going to be allowed, which is more akin Mm -hmm. to like opening up casinos, like not, not for a long time. Yeah, I mean, one thing we've sort of hinted at is our sense that, like, there's a window in, in the summer, right? I mean, that's something else to think about, though. Like, let's say we miss the summer. Like, casinos aren't going to want to open up again in October, November. Like, even, let's say, something miraculous happens and we have, you know, effective treatment or something like that. Yeah, I mean, what I'm wondering more is if it becomes really clear very soon that like the fall is going to be bad and that stuff's not going to be able to really be open in the fall is the appetite for opening stuff in the summer all of a sudden going to increase so much despite the consequences that i i think that's a little bit of the wrong way to think about it i think i think there's appetite for stuff to do and there's appetite for people to get out of their houses and and to you know maybe start to go to restaurants a little bit or something like that or or, you know there's ways to get around it but you know i think going to casinos like you shouldn't equate that to doing like 
other things necessarily because it is a much more risky activity than mm-hmm. most other things, I think, right? But that's going to be on the state, right? Because if they open up, sure, things are going to open and people are going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. Should we move on to the next one or do you have any other thoughts? Yeah. Like I said, we'll we'll put this contest out and uh, people can make their assumptions for, for what's going to happen. But I really don't think it's going to be super soon. It's just hard to come up with a reason that casinos need to be open right now. I mean, it's all just tax revenue. I'm the farthest thing from someone who thinks that everything needs to be shut down or whatever until there's a vaccine. Like, I, I don't think that's the right way to look at this. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I don't think that's a realistic way to approach this problem. But but casinos are about the last thing that really need to open. State budgets, man. Got to pay those bills. Yeah. Uh, so related to that, Tony L via Facebook, actually not as a mailbag question. So hopefully it's okay that we're reading this on the show. Uh, will casinos only realize a small portion of gross revenue as a result of social distancing among slots and table games? Hope they survive with players every six feet. And I think he asked, you know, are we talking about something like one sixth of the revenue? It's probably not quite a sixth. Um, I don't think things are a foot apart. That's pretty close. But, uh, I think that yes, casinos, whenever they do reopen, unless it really is post vaccine, which isn't necessarily what I expect either. Uh, they are only going to realize a small portion of their gross revenue, but I think it's mostly going to be because of sentiment among people and not necessarily because like people are going to be banging down the doors to get in, but you know, casinos can only hold like, you know, a quarter of what they could before. Like that's not going to be the problem. It's going to be a demand problem. Yeah. So so that was what I said in the Facebook group. I think initially it's going to be a demand issue. Although I think there was a picture today of Viejas Casino, just a massive line where they were having to turn people away. So maybe there is a lot of pent up, pent up demand, but there's also, you know, it's not always at capacity, right? Like most of the time, if you go to a blackjack table, if the limit was three people at the blackjack table, that wouldn't make any difference because there aren't three people at the blackjack table. Where the casino is going to feel it is Friday and Saturday nights and they can't get those tables full. That's where they're going to really feel the difference, I think, in revenue. Beyond just like you said, you know, the demand. So friend of the podcast, Ed, says via Facebook. Actual friend of the podcast, Ed. What? Isn't everyone <laughs> an actual friend of the podcast? Literally everyone is an actual friend of the yes. podcast. So that's a good point. What will happen to the premium lounges such as Amphora? The lounges are a huge enticement for people to strive for higher card status. I do not see how they can continue as in the past. I can't see the casino allowing people to share spoons, tongs, to fill plates in addition to seating, which is tight. And we'll have to probably be further reduced. The weekend line is ridiculously long now. Do you think people will wait two hours to get in? Not worth the wait, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, it's I, th- I think the question is more along the lines of, like, how do casinos cope with this thing that's probably going to get taken away That's that normally drove people to strive for status, right? There's kind of two parts to this question. There's, like, the, yeah, the, the fact that these are premium lounges part, and then there's the kind of communal food part, which I let me just add in the next question. Just I think we can approach them at the same time. So Rennie from Laurel, of course, where you are from and where I currently live, uh, via Facebook, I see the days of casino buffets of years past as being long gone. When AC casino buffets reopen, will they have a new look? Your thoughts? So I, I, I think they're they're kind of related, right? Yeah. It's a tough thing to get your mind around. And it's not necessarily communal food that's a problem. Like you said, it's it's the spoons and, and the stuff like that. that yeah, it's a bunch of people walking the right by problem. the food. Yeah, uh, The number of people that are like within breathing distance of the food is the, yeah. real, the real problem, right? 
Yeah, and like I said, especially like the hard surfaces. I mean, I don't think the virus can survive a whole lot of time on food. It'll break down pretty quickly, but on like hard surfaces like the spoons and stuff like that, it, it definitely can. So uh, I'm not optimistic about any any buffets, whether they be in premium lounges or not. I mean, I think to answer Ed's question is I think premium lounges are still going to exist, but the idea of having a buffet in there probably isn't going to happen right away. There can be serve food maybe like in the seven stars lounge at, at caesar's uh they could do that if they wanted and it would be fine or you yeah, know i mean m4 m4 could probably shift to a served thing with reduced mm-hmm. capacity anyway right yeah. without too much of a of an overhaul if they're already you know if you're already assuming that they're going to have a, a capacity that's you know half or something of what what the current capacity yeah. is yeah I mean, to the other part of this question, though, like, if they do that, like, A, it's going to be slower than buffet is, and yeah. B, like, with reduced seating, like, I do think weights could, could be a problem, and and it will make it less beneficial to become uh, gold, I guess, at MGM, or, you know, diamond at Caesars, or whatever. I agree, What for one thing, with what Rennie's saying, I think buffets are going to be the last thing to open, and I, I don't see... Like, my desire to go to a buffet in, <laughs> at this point is zero, like, and I don't know barring just almost no spread of this thing. I don't see what's going to convince me to go to a buffet. But the sort of two sides of of Ed's question are, one, are people going to say, oh, it's not worth it to strive for the status because now the lounge is just not really worth it with the weight? And the other is sort of like, how does the lounge change? Or or not just how does the lounge change, but how does the casino change what they do to entice people to strive for status? And so I think we're sort of seeing that with Caesars where they're reducing – how hard it is or like reducing the points required to achieve the status so that it's a little easier over the, you know, whenever they do reopen, it'll be easier to get the status in the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we'll probably see some of that where the, there's sort of this recognition from the casinos that like, Hey, the status is not coming with all the perks that maybe it used to. And so we're going to throw you a bone and make it a little easier to get the status. But if the goal of the status is to get people to like play more to achieve it, which is the goal of the status, there are probably going to be a lot of people who see this cha- these changes and say like, "Oh, it's not worth it." I don't know if the lounge alone is 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 the thing that makes people think that. I think they're going to think that about a lot of things that are changed coming out of this. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for sure. And I mean, people chase the status for a lot of different reasons. But if your main reason is you like going to the buffet at M4, like it is going to hurt hurt that segment of the population. They're not going to be as interested. Yeah, and it's and I mean it's the, the defined benefits, right? Because there are a lot of things that you can get, mm-hmm. like if you're just interested in comp rooms or whatever or, or free play, like those things aren't tied to status in any way. So, anyway, Ludi via email: Will the chickies and pizza trop be able to survive the coronavirus shutdown and reopen when it's lifted? A man who is after your own heart, Craig, yes. asking the the important questions. He goes on to say, you guys get most things right, but you're way off on chickies. When not on lockdown, I travel to Philly for work two, three times per month, and there is nothing better than eating crab fries and drinking a beer at the Philly airport chickies while waiting for AA to inevitably cancel my flight home. <laughs> Which I, I just want to say, Lou D, like, don't paint us both with the same brush. You believe that I am the one getting it wrong. Craig does legitimately love chickies and pizza. Yes. I So chickies and pizza has two things going for it. I think their hot roast beef sandwiches are delicious. Uh, legitimately very good. Uh, I agree. I think the crab fires are good, although the Marylander in me wants to shout false advertising. But the other thing that I really like about Chickies and Pete's is very good local beer list on tap 
in Atlantic City, which is something that like is really lacking in Atlantic City and I think has come up a little bit more lately. But as far as just sort of nailing the it's not like they've got, you know, hundred taps, but as far as nailing the taps that they do have with like if you care about drinking local stuff, Chickens and Pizza is very good for that. It was the first place I ever had Cape May Coastal Evacuation, which is one of my favorites right now. So I do like Chickens and Pete's, as you said. I'm not wrong about Chickens and Pete's. I'm right. Kyle is wrong. Some, someone here is wrong. And I'm not sure if it's me or you and Luby, but uh, in terms of will it survive, I assume it has as good a pl- chance of surviving as, as anything, really. I mean, it seems like if you ask me, like, I'd say it's more likely that Chickies and Pete survives than the random generic casino locale. I feel like it's a pretty big thing and they're intertwined pretty closely with Trop. So I would guess yes. But yeah, it's, it's a big I, space. I, don't really I, think, know. I think Trot probably sees it as a draw. I'm going to guess there's yeah. not a whole lot of um, appetite within the casinos to evict tenants over this, right? Like, right. like they're not going to want to be totally empty, not have any restaurants. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, have a, I have a feeling, you know, Chickens and Pete's and Trop, I, I think will be fine. I'm going to guess most of the big restaurants that you sort of recognize in the casinos will be fine. I mean, I would think the generic sort of, because... Re- casino restaurants that are run by the casinos themselves like those will obviously be fine it's going to be more like restaurants that you don't ever think about that just happen to be in a casino and and renting space those are probably the ones that are in trouble which i think is probably most of what ocean is i think everything a lot of stuff at oceans leased <laughs> all, out but... all the stuff in ocean is just going to shut down <laughs> ocean's going to go out of business again yeah uh boy hopefully not so he also asks, have you seen the new sneeze guard thing for table games on any of the Vegas blogs? Wondering what your thoughts are. Chips, tiles, cards, etc. would be still be touch points, and this seems less about health and safety and more about fitting a fourth person at the table than anything else. I mean, it's more about fitting a fourth person without it being risky, like assuming the same risk while fitting an extra person. Uh, I'm kind of with Lou, I think, a bit more than you are. I will admit I'm partially biased because, like, I've seen the pictures and I think it's, like, (laughs) the most aesthetically displeasing thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they look really dumb. So, I I don't know. I agree. I think that all the things that are communally touched at the tables are a bit more of a problem than putting up sneeze guards. I would rather be three people at a table instead of four and just keep it the way it was. Yeah, so basically saying, like, a fourth person touching all the chips and stuff is is worse than yeah. people breathing on each other, which is probably true. Hard surfaces, like you said. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I I don't know. I, I hope that's not what happens. Like, I, it's just, it's like dehumanizing in some way that you're looking through plexiglass at, like, everyone. Uh, I just don't like it. I mean, there really is a point where it's like, well, I might as well just gamble online. Yeah, like... I, I don't want to go to a casino I, uh, uh, if it's just, like, plexiglass around everything. If you have to go to your phone booth to play a slot or whatever, it's just not not what I'm looking for. Yeah. So one last question, Mark P. He says, is this not the perfect time for you to stay at the inn of the Irish pub since you're eager to support local Atlantic City businesses when they reopen? Yes. I can't disagree. He's 100% right. Let us look at the rates. So wh- when are you going to Atlantic City? 100% without a doubt will be open and I will be going July 22nd to the 24th. So apparently Google does not sell the Inn at Irish Pub rooms on that weekend. But anyway. Oh, the Inn at Irish Pub, man, you got to like call. I think it's like a literal rate uh-huh. card. 
The hotel is now closed and will reopen for the season in May 2020. Good to it know. is May 2020. That's what I've heard. Weekend rates. Single room, no bath. $45 plus tax. Yes, I think it is the perfect time. You don't need a bathroom. No, I will hold it all night. That is fine. Private double, $95 plus tax. That is with a bathroom. I'm assuming. Family room for three people. Come on. Cancel your Borgata room. You and Andrea can go to the club. <laughs> Perfect. Got to pay, uh, pay $5 for key. Deposit. $70 plus tax. All right. So good. Anything else? Next episode, mailbag part two. Yes. Mark P., you're completely right. I think, I think it is something Craig and I will probably try to go out of our way to support local businesses. And I do think we have to stay at the Irish pub. At least one of us. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be me if it's anyone, but... Yeah, your standards are lower, I think. Much lower. I mean, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard, though. Like, you get older a little bit, and, like, I know I've stayed at much worse places than the Irish pub in my life, but it's just, like, hard to get up to do it now. Yeah, I feel like there's a time where that would have been exciting, and that time is, like, well before age 36. We'll see. I, I'm going to try to make it happen. You'd be more ex- excited to stay at Irish pub than Showboat. Oh, yeah. There's nowhere that I want to stay less than the showboat. You'd stay in, like, Egg Harbor Township. <laughs> I, you know, back in the old days, we would, we rented, like, you know, whatever, Days Inn or, or whatever, in Ebsekin or, or yeah. Pleasantville or whatever. And yes, probably rather stay there than at the showboat. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Irish pub, Craig. We got to do it. You got to do it. We'll make it a, uh, you know, when we reach a certain support level in Patreon, I'll stay at the Irish pub. Oh, <laughs> I like it. If you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, find all of our wonderful content at do for or buy a shirt. Uh, also, that's where you will certainly be able to enter our when will the casinos reopen pool grand prize one shirt. Yeah. Or submit a question because now you have two more weeks to submit a non- coronavirus yes. question if it's about coronavirus it goes into the trash can but otherwise we will surely answer it sure uh, you can find our podcast on itunes google play tune and radio or basically anywhere else but not youtube reach out to craig on twitter at do for a win or me at kyle askin and send craig some questions for us to answer on the mailbag to do for a win at gmail.com boardwalk empire episode seven I oh i forgot we had to it. talk about that yeah so we actually recorded late because I didn't get out of work until 8.30 because that's what happens when you start your day every day at 2 p.m. sometimes. Here's my my very brief overview of the plot. Uh, it got a lot more into Nucky's backstory and kind of what he went through uh, growing up with his father. And then uh, it seemed like in Chicago, Jimmy is starting to embrace his heel turn. He's just like decided, you know, fuck it, nothing matters. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Uh, that was basically my plot summary. Yeah, Nucky and Margaret's relationship developed a little bit. Otherwise, I didn't feel like much happened. It's coming along. Uh, you know, Jimmy found the, made friends with the guy with no face, who is an excellent shot, apparently. Yeah. I like that guy. Yeah, he's a good, good guy. Good guy. Do anything Jimmy wants him to, probably, because Jimmy found him a lady friend to make him a man, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? My favorite part of the episode, it just, it was a, a very small thing, but, uh... You know, just showing Nucky's street smarts when they were all out at dinner at uh, Chalky White's place. And Nucky's friend that they were out at dinner with was trying to pitch him on this obvious, like, very clearly a Ponzi scheme. (laughs) And Nucky's just like, no, man, I'm not doing that. Yeah. 
But I don't know. It was a small thing, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, also, that was right before Chalky White came in and said, uh, you sent your guy here to test me, which was not somebody sent by. Yeah. Like, it was the budding rival AC gang that we see cropping up. Indeed. If I have but one prediction for this show, it is that uh, the guy who used to work for Nucky that's now in the rival gang, he's not going to come to a good end. <laughs> oh, yeah. It feels like this the safest bet in the book. Was it Mickey? Yeah, I don't remember. He changed his name. They keep making fun of him for changing his name, but I can't remember what, it, what but, his uh, name is. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not gonna come to a good end. That's that's my prediction. So in in the sort of rival AC gang, the now lucky Luciano's seems to be helping them out. But forget all that. In that scene, he calls 1920s Atlantic City a shithole by the sea, and I feel like he insulted my mother. <laughs> Neither the first time nor the last time, I believe, that Atlantic City has been called that. Yeah. There was a gratuitous lesbian sex scene. Yeah, it was unexpected. It's not the direction I was expecting that story to go, but now I guess we know the truth. So is that the uh, photographer's wife? wife? Uh, That is my assumption. I cannot say with certainty, but that seems to be what what was happening. Yeah, so Jimmy Darmody's fiance and the photographer's wife. Was not not sleeping with her photographer all along. Correct. Was sleeping with the photographer's wife, which eh, it's more interesting and makes for better TV for the likes of me to watch yeah and then the only other note i had is that nucky said sort of a dinner time poem i thought it was a grace but it seemed like it was the oh, end of dinner. Yeah, it was very good yes about sort of germs being everywhere and how everything you might eat will kill you very apropos for our time yeah, yeah. very timely given the situation now so. but that was just uh one or two years after the spanish flu so it was timely for the show too i thought it was it was excellent yeah good point didn't think about that didn't connect also, those dots kyle Nucky's childhood home, definitely a shithole. And he burned it to the ground. And then he burned it to the ground. (laughs) After it was fully renovated. And then he had to give that guy a bunch of money to be like, sorry, dude. Sorry. I wanted to give you my house, but then I talked a bit more to Margaret and decided that the shit needed to burn. (laughs) (laughs) My emotions got the better of me. Now I have to give you a fat wad of cash. Yes. But that's good. I guess they didn't have insurance back then. That just wasn't a thing. So so the one thing I'm very interested to see, like, how Jimmy ends up back in the fold or, or I mean, if he's not back in the fold in some way, like, butting heads with Nucky. We've got we've got five more seasons of this, man. Yeah. Five, 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 five more seasons. I'm assuming that that's not going to wait until season five, but. Uh, I doubt it. But uh, I, I wouldn't expect them to get together this season. I, mean, I don't know. How many episodes are each season? It was just episode seven we watched. Yeah, 12 so. or something. It's not a lot. Yeah, we'll have to see. I, I enjoyed it again, even though I started it at 8.45 tonight. Yeah, good show. I had a I had a dream that I was like sniping some some person and, then, and I was like, oh God, it was a horrible, horrible nightmare, which I'm assuming was related to Boardwalk Empire because there's a sniper involved. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. And like we said, send in your mailbag questions, but only if they're not about coronavirus because I'm tired of talking about it. Guess what we're going to talk about next week? coronavirus coronavirus push the non-coronavirus coronavirus questions another two weeks that's right we'll answer everyone's questions except for Megan case perfect (laughs) (laughs) where the tootsie rolls are made Uh, all right, I'm recording. Elementary school classic. After the up your butt and around the corner jam. <laughs> Didn't get that in the recording, unfortunately. Uh, it's got it on my end. Don't you worry. <laughs>